Let's begin. So, we come into the Shloshis Mehakbala. We're coming closer, ever so close, to greeting the Melech at Har Sinai, coming into our own Mincha Chadasha. And today's Mida we're looking at is Hochibamalchus, glory within monarchy. So, as we've seen in the past already, of course, the Inyan of Hod speaks of an inner, in the language of the Malbim that we've been consistently referring back to, the Malbim says that Hod is an inyan pnimi ba'atzmut hadavar. It's an inner matter relating to the essence of a thing. It speaks of the, the innate personal value that exists within, within something, which is in contrast to Hadar, which he says it's the beautiful external expression of one's personal value. And so that's why we find those two often uh, going hand in hand. And so when we're thinking about that in the context of Malchut, we've already seen Malchut is something which is very much not related to the self of a person. The whole idea of Malchut is that you're representative of so much more than yourself. You're representative of a system of thought, of a space, of a domain. A Malchut is, a, is an entire jurisdiction. And so the concept of Hod seemingly wouldn't have had much to do with Malchut, except for the fact that we find Hod so often spoken about in relationship with Malchut. So we have uh, most, probably most pronouncedly in the, in the position of Shlomo Melech. Uh, the Pasuk in Divrei Hayamim describes how for the first time the state of Malchut which was arrived at during the Malchut of Shlomo Melech, as we know, even though David is Malchut par excellence, Shlomo is the, because that's a self-achieved position uh, on David's behalf, he literally unites the people, but Shlomo is the first king who, by default, lives in the state of Malchut. He doesn't even have to fight for the state of Malchut. His entire Malchut, his entire state of, of, of existing as a king lives within the perfected state of Malchut Yisrael. So the, you know, when Chazal wanted to describe the, the ideal situation of living as a Melech, it's Shlomo who builds the base of Mikdash ultimately. You know, the, the things that allowed David to become the king are also the things which held him back from existing as, as king par excellence. Because he, he had to fight for it, it wasn't something which had kind of existed as a status quo. And so the Pasuk and Yonim describes when it's discussing Shlomo's ascent to, right, beautiful, he's right, he's, he's Shalem in that sense. He's the perfection of, of Malchus. And so the Pasuk describes that that Shlomo was raised high and grew above all, uh, all, above all the perspective of Israel, above the eyes of all of Israel. And Shlomo was given the glory of Malchut. Armida, Asher Lohaya Al Kol which never existed throughout any other era of dynasties of, of Israel, meaning the, in the era of David or previously to that in the time of Shlomo. And even though the Pasuk continues in the next Pasuk and says, and therefore, because Shlomo had this level of Malchut, the next Pasuk reads, David ben Yishai, Malach al Yisrael, thereby David was 
completed in his reign over Israel. Shlomo is an extension of the Malachut of David. He's not seen as a replacement. He's the fullest establishment of David's Malachut. That only strengthens our point, that Shlomo is the culmination, the Shlemus of the Malchut of David. And we have this, this phrase that's being used right here in the Pasuk, that's describing how Shlomo reached the perfection of Malchus, that he was given Hod Malchus. So what does this phrase mean? So we take a look at Rashi. Unfortunately, it's actually quite a, a skimp selection of explanations as far as Chazal go, what these words actually mean. But we turn to Rashi to discover what these words mean in Devar Hayamim. And what Rashi says, I, I believe, is very telling. Metudas David follows essentially along those lines. And Rashi says, what does it mean by Yitain Alav Hod Malchut? What it means is, it says, Natan Alav Chain Malchut. He was given the grace of Malchut. You know, however we translate the word Chain, the favor, the, the grace, the sense of, of appropriateness in Malchut. And Rashi explains, what does this mean? He says, Shahakol Amru Hagunze. Everyone would say, this is fitting. This is appropriate. This guy in this position, this is it. Ah, this is the guy who was supposed to be the Melech. This is an appropriate match for representing the Malchut. Mitzvah Stavis's language is similar, where he says, what does this mean? He says, Kol asher hu hagun Anyone who is fitting and appropriately positioned for the Malucha, as far as their own self is concerned. We can see how this is following directly in line with how the, the Malbim defined the, the essence of Hod. It relates to the, to the essence of the, the internal quality of the individual. So Hod Sheba Malchut tells us that beyond being a leader and ta- assuming the responsibility for the domain that you are representing, there also has to be an appropriateness for you to be that person. That, that in you as an individual, as a, as a personal identity, needs to be reflected the klal. It's not just that when you're on the front lines and when you're standing out there in the presence of the populace, people can see you and identify that you represent liberty, you represent a new world economy, and so on and so forth. It has to translate down into who the individual actually is. That people see you for who you are and say, you are the values that you're representing. You don't just happen to be standing up there saying, yeah, we've got to do this, we've got to do that. It's actually who you are. And that the malchut that you're standing in to lead is an expression of the same values that you'd be fighting for in your own personal life. Such that the malchut is just the larger-than-life expression of the very things that you would be standing for on a personal level. And that therefore you are, you are an appropriate person to fill that role. So that the malchut itself has the personal qualities, the personal aspect of who the individual is who's leading the malchut. And his ability to stand in and have that sense of selfhood while at the same time being involved in a larger-than-life pursuit in fighting for the needs of the klal. It's the very concept of a klal prat uklal that there are things that you stood for, you individuate into your own life, and then you plug back into the tzibur, and you fight for the needs of the tzibur while fighting your own for your own values. It's that aspect with which Hod Shibbalchus brings to the table. 
Now, uh, I think that a place where this is expressed in, a, in a kind of an interesting way is the Gemara in Gittin. The Gemara Gittin on Daf Peim and Aleph 80a says that uh, that if a person totally unrelated subject, but the Gemara over there, the Mishnah says in Gittin that if a person writes a star get and they date the get based on a malchut she'eno hogenet, an improper malchut. So you, you date, meaning utilizing the calendar of a of a malchut, you say it's such and such date based on the malchut of this inappropriate malchut, a, a malchut that is deemed eno hogenet. So it's not a valid get. Totally, totally puzzle. So the Gemara asks, what is a malchut she'eno hogenet? And it says, well, it's Malchut Romim. It's the it's the Romans, right? Classic, the Romans. Throw them under the bus. So the Gemara says, well, I don't know. Why are the why are the Romans called an improper Malchut? I mean, whatever baggage we have against them, but what's wrong with the Romans? So the Gemara says an fascinating answer. Mishum lahem lok tav lashon. The reason why it's called an improper malchut is because they didn't have their own language or their own script, their own, you know, written language or their own, you know, verbal language. And I think that this is very telling because the language of a people is expressive of the identity of that people, right? When, when you have a, a society, a people, a, a national identity, which doesn't have its own way of speaking, Essentially, it's not its own people. It's it's hijacking values from other systems and thoughts. It's kind of like it's you know it's like a, essentially like America. It's you know a melding pot of all sorts of other things. But even in America, you start coming out with its own culture and its own language. If you don't have any of those individualized expressions of who you are as a malchut, you're you're not a real malchut. Like that's not what what leadership looks like. That's not what domain is identified by. An expression of malchut has to have those identifying features, much like in the same way that each individual has their own way of communicating. It's like when you hear somebody who's clearly a parrot of somebody else, that you know everything that they say is they're essentially just quoting verbatim from another person. You know that it's not them inside that's talking. Yeah, you may as well be listening to the original, right? They're just they're just a puppet for the for somebody else. There's no sense of hode. There's no appropriateness of who the person is that's expressing the malchut. And so that's why the Gemara is saying Rome essentially, as far as the Gemara is describing it, is doesn't have that foundational quality of a malchut, which is its which is its own unique identity that shines through in the language, in the mode of expression, the way that it puts itself out. It's a conglomerate. It's a hijack of other cultures. And I think another, another aspect of this is, is the way in which for a person to be a leader, as we've kind of already built on this idea, but I think more of it comes out, is that not only, that, not only does Hod Shiba Malchut require that for a person to truly be a leader, they must allow themselves to embody on a personal level the values of the malucha, but they also need to recognize the unique personal value of each and every member with, uh, of which they are representative. So in a similar way to how we saw in Gvuraj Malchut, that a person needs to care about the individuals, but it's more than just making sure that their needs are being met. It's recognizing that 
everyone has something that requires being mechabed. There's something to honor in each individual. Because in the same way that the king represents those values on a personal level, what he has to understand is that each member of his entourage, each person that takes part in his domain, in his malucha, is themselves a representative, perhaps in a minimal way, but in some capacity is also representative, right? Each American, Lahavdil, is representative of America. And if one American is off there over shores being taken captive by some chveis terrorist out there, then we as Americans need to fight to bring them back. Because to lose that person would be to lose an expression of American values. And that one person holds within himself the malucha. And perhaps one one face of this is the brisa in the sixth chapter of Pirkei Avos, which talks about that if you've learned something from another individual, even one halacha, even one pasach, one word, says the Mishnah, even one letter, tzarich lin kavod, you have to treat them with respect. Because if they've shown you that they actually carry those values within themselves, that they can speak Torah, they, they can participate with you in sharing meaning and values that you identify, identify with. And that for the Jewish people, the Torah is that shared collective identity that we all tap into. As the, in the words of Sadia Gon, there is no Uma of Israel if not by means of the Torah, which we all connect with on a fundamental level. So if a person has shared that with you, says the Brisa in Pirkei Avos, Tzarech Hogbo Kavod. You have to treat that person with respect. Where do we find this, says the Braiza? We find this by David HaMelech, David Melech Yisrael. Who else is going to be respecting individuals if not for the king of the Jewish people? He only learned two things from Achitofel. And yet he called him his Rebbe, his teacher, his beloved, the person that he connected with. And it brings a Pasuk for this. And it brings a Kabuchomer. If that's what it means to be a Melech, if even David Melech Yisrael, who learned only two things from Achitovel, could call him this, that if a person learns from their friend, all the more so, we're not even close to David Melech's level, but if we can aspire to have the Mida of Malchus within ourselves, then all the more so, we must recognize the value within each and every person for being who they are, for what they've been able to share with one another. Another interesting Gemara, which is probably related to this, is a Gemara in Pesachim on Daf Pezayin of a base, where Rabbi Yochanan says, why was it that even though Yeravam, for all of the things that, that he did, was ultimately Zoche to be counted amongst the list of the, of the righteous kings of Yehuda, says the Gemara, the reason why even throughout everything that Yeravam uh, ultimately did as, as a, the words of Rabbi Steinsaltz, less than righteous king, uh, you know, he wasn't, wasn't the greatest king per se, the reason why he's counted is because he didn't accept Lashon Hara about Amos. And I think that that's also expressive of the value of a king. A king needs to recognize that within his people, his people are virtuous even if he himself isn't necessarily the most virtuous person, doesn't embody the values of the people to the greatest extent, but he recognizes that his people do represent that, and that he, above anyone else, puts in the effort 
to find quality within the people that he's surrounded by, within the people that he's representing. Because, I mean, let's face it, if you don't find value in the people that you're representing, you're probably not going to be doing a great job at representing them. I mean, that, it's as, really as simple as that. You know, and you find this uh, it, with organizations also. If a person doesn't believe in the participants of the organization, they're not going to have a great success in actually representing the face of the organization. If they don't believe that the constituents of their company, of, of the, you know, the people that they're representing, are worth representing, they're obviously not going to re- represent them to the ideal level. And I, maybe if we can just add on one more piece of what's included within this Mida. You know, we've seen so many times that part of the part of what's distinctive about Hode is that Hode doesn't necessarily need to be expressed. Hode is something which, as the Malbim said, lives within. It's personal value. It's inner conviction. Sometimes it comes out, um, and sometimes it needs to be fought for. But Hode is something which ultimately lives within. And there's a beautiful story uh, in the Gemara Brachos on Nunches Aleph where famous story won't go through the whole thing story about Rav Sheshes and a, and a certain heretic who was messing around with Rav Sheshes and he was everyone was going out to greet the king and this certain this certain Apikora society is going to mess around with Rav Sheshes so everyone started cheering and you know he told Rav Sheshes ah oh, the king's coming the king's coming and Rav Sheshes said no he's not the king's not coming yet the people are just you know they're 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 excited people whatever they're hysteria Happens again, happens a third time. Every time Rav Sheshis, even though he's blind, knows for a fact that the king is not arriving. Finally, he hears the crowd go silent. And he says, he turns over to the heretic, he says, now the king's coming. He's on his way. And sure enough, the king shows up at that moment. And the heretic is baffled. He doesn't understand. How's it possible? How do you know that? I mean, you know, you're blind. You know, what, do you, what do you think, you know, excited you know, so, you know, people do when they see their celebrity coming. They cheer. He says, it's not true. That's not, that's not authentically what people do. People do that when they're excited for themselves. So, you know, you're excited for something that you are excited about. So you start screaming with ecstasy. You can't hold back. You, you know, you burst for joy. But when you're excited about the value of somebody else, right? When you're sitting there at, some, let's say, somebody else's wedding, Right, the chassan is coming up on the way there. Right, so Sfardim actually do this a little bit differently. But at an Ashkenaz wedding, there's a silence. There's a there's a being misameach in in the chelak of another person. That that you're looking and you're watching and you're you're proud of the person and you're watching another individual walk into the fullness of their own life and stepping into the next chapter. And there's a certain you know a, a quietude that almost takes over a person where you recognize that you're standing in the presence of somebody else's value, of something that you identify with as being a value of creation, that you just kind of sit back and you're you're reflective in that moment. You're not cheering over the value. You're present and you're celebratory for for what the other person represents. Rav Shesha says that uh, when it comes to a melech, that's the value of of malchus. And he learns that from a Kodesh Baruch Hu that's... You know, probably for another shot in the in the Gemara. But I think that the point of this Gemara is to tell us that the hode of Malchus is an unspoken glory, and that it's not something which the king requires to be cheered on by the by the masses the way that celebrities are. 
There's something about the, the value of a king, the way in which a king represents the Am, which, which almost quiets the people rather than brings them to their feet in, in roarous applause, but rather allows the people to, to reflect upon the values that, that they're seeing so expressed at the surface in the life and the persona of another individual and the person who represents them, that it brings a silence into the, into the atmosphere of the people. And perhaps this is you know, another aspect of when we talk about, about uh, for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, L'cha Dumya Tehillah, that for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, silence is praise. Because the truth is that although, of course, Berov Am Hadras Melech, but at the same time, it's not, you know, you walk into to a shul, the height of the tefillah experience is pin drop silence. It's not, it's not a roaring applause. It's not a standing ovation. It's a moment in which we're silently present. It, there's a silent presence in the glory of the king. And then what the power, the overwhelming nature of standing in that presence brings a person to their knees in, in silent acceptance of who they are in contrast with the, the great glory of the Melech that represents so much of what's meaningful to them. So anyway, these are a couple of different aspects of, of Hoj Malchus. We have the Zoha to share with each other tonight. Uh, Hashem, we'll all be Zoha to discover the glory within the people around us and allow ourselves to, to fully embody the leadership positions that we find ourselves in. And Bezrat Hashem, allow ourselves to be expressive on an individual level in the, the details of our life, of the, of the hode of the cloud. Bring ourselves to that, to that Madrega.